Dean Cloward has been at BYU-Idaho for 21 years, where he has worked as the assistant dean of students and as, an as a faculty member in the elementary, early, and special education department. In addition to teaching, he currently serves as a facilitator for the Creative Course Collaboration Team. Dean and his wife, Tracy, are the parents of six children and nine grandchildren. Dean graduated from BYU with degrees in psychology and economics. He went on to the University of Arizona to complete a master's and a doctorate in child psychology. He worked for LDS Family Services as a school psychologist and in private practice before coming to BYU-Idaho. Dean combines his love of the outdoors and serving others by working on a ski patrol at Harriman State Park and Kelly Canyon Ski Resort. He loves to run, cycle, backpack, and scuba dive. Dean has served in numerous callings, including twice as bishop. He is currently serving as a YSA bishop on campus. He loves his YSA ward and his students. Good morning, sisters and brothers. In the midst of your busy schedules, you have chosen to be here to learn and to feel the Spirit. I love you for that. Thank you. I pray that the Spirit will be here with us so that we might learn and be edified together. As I read your discussion board posts, I was touched by your dedication to the Lord and your eagerness to be prepared for His coming and for the challenges of the last days. It is a blessing to gather in this devotional setting each week. Think about what a privilege it is to hear from prophets, other general authorities, our president, and others that speak to us on a weekly basis. This privilege is afforded only to students in CES and only while you are a student. I love how each week's message ties with content delivered in prior week, weeks, like Sister Lynn Landon's talk two weeks ago undergirds and supports what I plan to talk about today. Sister Pat Surrey last week talked about service, as I will also address today. These talks are designed to help you become like your Savior by your Savior. Back in the beginning of COVID in the spring of 2020, my wife and I bought an old fifth-wheel trailer. It was longer than the driveway on the side of our house. We needed a small concrete pad installed behind the existing driveway to make room for it. I cut out the grass and began to prepare the area to install a new concrete pad. As most home projects go, the small concrete pad led to replacing all of our driveway. We end up installing 2,700 square feet of new concrete. My wife reminds me that it would have been easier and cheaper just to put some gravel down. I was joined in this project by my son, some people from my ward, and friends. It took me seven weeks, and I learned a lot while doing the work. I learned, about, I learned a lot about what ruins concrete and what to do to make it strong. Tree roots push it up. Changing soil causes it to settle. Harsh weather, strong chemicals, freezing and thawing, and the hot sun all play a negative toll on it. As it weathers, it can crack, peel, and separate. The key is to maintain the strength and integrity of the concrete, despite what the elements might do to weaken it. That is the same with our testimonies. 
We need to keep them strong despite the things that challenge or weaken them. In preparation for the new concrete, we broke up and removed the driveway in front of our house. None of that concrete was reinforced with rebar, nor was it tied to the foundation of the house, that it made it easy to tear it out. But it was the reason it had to be torn out. If the concrete had had strong steel rods called rebar running through it, and if the rebar had been tied to the foundation, the concrete would have held together and not settled like it did. It would have prevented the concrete from moving, even if it cracked, and it would have helped it stay stronger despite the outside forces against it. It isn't the project I want to talk about, but the concrete itself. Concrete stays strong when reinforced with rebar, and that rebar is tied to a solid foundation. The foundation serves as anchor points to keep the concrete slab secure and reduce how much the slab can move. It helps the concrete endure the stresses of three freeze and thaw cycles, heat expansion, and the weight and stress of heavy vehicles. Much like concrete, your testimony needs to be able to weather the changing, the changes of confusing messages in social media, ridicule from others, declining standards, bullying and criticism of the world, and much more. I think of the challenges my students, my ward members, and my children face, and the challenges my grandchildren will face. Much like concrete, we must have an interweaved pattern of supporting habits in our lives, and they must be anchored in the rock of our salvation, even Jesus Christ. I want to talk about what makes up that interweaved pattern of supporting structures and habits. Let me tell you first a little bit more about what rebar is. Rebar is structural steel, and in my case, a half-inch round, with a rough outer structure that keeps the concrete from sliding along it. It is flexible and strong as opposed to concrete, which is not flexible. Concrete brings its own strengths and rigidity of rigidity and durability. The combination gives the best of both with increased durability, strength, and flexibility than either one would provide by themselves. The rebar is laid in both directions with the intersecting points tied together with wire. Then the lattice is tied to an immovable foundation of the house. We live in a day when the storms beat upon us, when there are spiritual earthquakes in our lives, and when the earth itself seems to shift underneath us almost daily. Our testimonies need a lattice of structural steel running through them to help us stay strong. President Russell M. Nelson, in speaking of our day, said, In the coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. My beloved brothers and sisters, I plead with you to increase your spiritual capacity to receive revelation. How do we become like this concrete, with strands of rebar running through us, tied and secured to Christ and His Church? How do we become steadfast and immovable? We have been warned by our current prophets and many who have come before that we need to have testimonies that can withstand the buffetings and trials of the last day. We need testimonies that are steadfast and immovable. My wife Tracy and I, when my wife Tracy and I were raising our children, 
we used to have a cueing system to help them remember what they should do every morning and every day after school. We called it High Five. It helped them remember to do the important things. Similarly, I have a cueing system to help you remember what you should do to keep your testimony strong. These are the five activities, one finger for each thing to remember. First, quality prayer. Second, daily scripture study. Third, regular temple attendance. Fourth, serving and ministering to others. Fifth, daily repentance. I would like to talk to you about each of these in turn. First, quality prayer. N. Eldon Tanner taught a pattern of prayer that has helped me make my prayers more meaningful over the years. Elder David A. Bednar taught a similar pattern when he was here on campus as president. They taught that each of our prayers should serve a specific purpose. Morning prayers are a time to discuss the upcoming day with our Heavenly Father. It is a time to review the challenges we anticipate and a, and a time to commit ourselves to do specific things. Morning prayer is a time to make covenants. Our midday prayer is a time to seek assistance with the challenges we are facing and give thanks for the help already received. It is a time to pour out our hearts and to receive answers to our prayers. Midday prayers are when we are at our most alert and awake. That is a time when we can draw close to our Heavenly Father. Our evening prayer is a time to return and report. We give an accounting for how we used our time and the resources and how well we lived up to what we said we would do. It is a time to repent for things we didn't do and things we did wrong. It is a time to give thanks for the help we received all day. Our evening prayers are a time to be accountable and to show gratitude. I have found that when my prayer is the only thing that stands between me and sleep, my prayers are not, are not as good as they could be. Therefore, saying our prayers at night should be done before we become too tired. I have also found that spending a few minutes on my knees preparing and pondering about what I need to pray about helps me avoid trite phrases and hollow prayers. Instead, I take a few minutes to consider what I plan to pray about. Further, I like to kneel and review parts of the temple ceremony or specific parts of the life of Christ or just sing a primary song to myself. These things help me prepare my mind to talk to my Father in heaven, remembering the significance of who I am addressing as I prepare and as I pray, helps me to pray more reverently. Prayer is the piece of, re of interconnecting rebar that undergirds my testimony. Second is daily scripture study. Elder Bednar taught gospel principles are for me and for you what a helm is to a ship. Correct principles enable us to find our way and to stand firm, steadfast, and immovable so we do not lose our balance and fall into the raging latter-day storms of darkness and confusion. Often, scripture study becomes, like prayer, a checkbox on a to-do list rather than a meaningful exercise to learn and draw closer to our Heavenly Father. It is important to feel the Spirit as you read. Sometimes on a busy day, my scripture study is cut short 
but I try to stay engaged at least long enough to invite the Spirit. Other times I stay engaged longer to find answers and receive revelation. President Henry B. Eyring talks about scripture study this way. Throughout my life, the scriptures have been a way for God to reveal things to me that are personal and helpful. Sometimes I go to the scriptures for doctrine. Sometimes I go to the scriptures for instruction. I go with a question, and the question usually is, what would God have me do, or what would he have me feel? Invariably, I find new ideas, thoughts I have never had before, and receive inspiration and instruction and answers to my questions. President Nelson's admonition for us to hear him is an admonition to read the scriptures and say our prayers seeking revelation. If you read at the same time each day, you will form a habit. If you read with a focus to get more out of it, if you read with a focus, you will get more out of it. Combined, you will receive revelation more consistently. Prayer and scripture study are critical rebar in our lattice of faith that strengthens our testimony. Third, temple attendance. I have a firm testimony of the power of regular temple attendance. I have seen the power that comes from the temple change me and strengthen me. It has helped me to take his name upon me, helped me worship him, worship better, and helped me repent. President Nelson said in reference to temple worship, he is the one who stands, he is the one who wants you to understand with great clarity exactly what you are making covenants to do. He is the one who wants you to experience fully his sacred ordinances. He wants you to comprehend your privileges, promises, and responsibilities. He wants you to have spiritual insights and awakenings you have never had before. This he desires for all temple patrons, no matter where they live. When you bring your temple recommend, a contrite heart, and a seeking mind to the Lord's house of learning, he will teach you. He continues, If you don't yet love to attend the temple, go more often, not less. Let the Lord, through His Spirit, teach and inspire you there. I promise you that over time the temple will become a place of safety, solace, and revelation. I described earlier that I remember in my head parts of the temple ceremony in preparation for prayer. Doing so has invited the Spirit into my heart and prepared me to begin my prayers more ready to talk to my Father in Heaven. It has also helped me make meaningful connections between what I am learning in the temple and the activities of my daily life. It has helped me connect the scriptures to the temple. I have come to appreciate the temple in powerful ways. President Nelson taught further. Spiritual doors will open. You will learn how to part the veil between heaven and earth, how to ask for God's angels to attend you, and how to better receive direction from heaven. Your diligent efforts to do so will reinforce and strengthen your spiritual foundation. Please believe me when I say that when your spiritual foundation is built solidly upon Jesus Christ, you have no need to fear. As you are true to your covenants made in the temple, you will be strengthened by his power. Then, when the spiritual earthquakes occur, 
you will be able to stand strong because your spiritual foundation is solid and immovable. I have seen this in my own life and testify that it is true. I watch as my students, members of my YSA ward, and members of my family worship regularly in the temple. I see peace and confidence come into their lives. They are more resolute and determined in keeping the commandments with exactness. They are happier and more full of faith. I want that blessing for each of you. Weave that strand of rebar through your testimony. Add regular temple worship to the regular prayer and scripture study in the lattice of things that strengthen you, and tie that lattice with regular temple worship to a strengthening foundation of the gospel and Christ. Fourth, serving and ministering to others. A vital part of becoming like Christ is to do as he does. He to do as he did and as he does. That means serving others selflessly every day. It, it does not have to be big things. Instead, it is making the bed for your roommate, holding the door for others, sending a text to someone in need, checking in with a ministering brother or sister, sharing half your candy bar with a friend. It becomes easier and more natural when motivated by charity, charity born of doing the things we have already talked about, prayer, scripture study, and temple worship. As we desire to become more like our Savior, ministering others is a natural outgrowth and desire of our hearts. Some of the most powerful, joyful, and happy times of my life have occurred when I was in the service of others. Some of the most confirming and confidence-building times of my life were when I was also serving. I think of my time serving on my mission and serving as a bishop. One of my favorite scriptures in the Doctrine and Covenants, in section 58, reads, For behold, it is not meet that I should command in all things. For he that is compelled in all things, the same is a slothful and not a wise servant. Wherefore, he receiveth no reward. Verily I say, men should be anxiously engaged in a good cause, and do many things at their own free will, and bring to pass much righteousness. For the power is in them, when they are, wherein they are agents unto themselves. Be anxiously engaged in doing good. Minister without being compelled. Show the Savior you love him by serving your brothers and sisters. Be faithful. Succor the weak, lift up the hands that hang down, and strengthen the feeble knees. Add service to the rebar that undergirds and strengthens your testimony. Fifth and last is daily repentance. President Nelson has repeatedly invited us to repent and to repent daily. When we choose to repent, we choose to change. We allow the Savior to transform us into the best version of ourselves. We choose to grow spiritually and receive joy, the joy of redemption in Him. When we choose to repent, we choose to become more like Jesus Christ. In President Nelson's talk on spiritual momentum, his second suggestion was to discover the joy of daily repentance. He said, Please do not fear or delay repenting. Satan delights in your misery. Cut it short. 
Cast his influence out of your life. Start today to experience the joy of putting off the natural man. The Savior loves us always, but especially when we repent. He promised that though the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, my kindness shall not depart from thee. If you feel you have strayed off the covenant path too far or too long and have no way to return, that simply is not true. Please contact your bishop or branch president. He is the Lord's agent and will help you experience the joy and relief of repenting. Part of the temple recommend questions asks, if we prepare for and worthily partake of the sacrament each week, daily repentance is the best way to answer this question in the affirmative. Daily repentance also is the surest way to regular personal growth. It is also the best way to practice gaining control of the spirit over the physical body. Please take time each day as part of your personal prayers to repent. Daily repentance increases our self-confidence and our self-assurance. Make it a habit, along with the other four, four parts of the lattice of habits, that will build and strengthen your testimony. Like weak fibers that, be, that form a yarn, then a strand, and finally a rope, these small things combined together can become too strong to be broken. We must, be, we must ever be aware of the power that small and simple things can have on building spirituality. Wherefore, be not weary in well-doing, for you are laying the foundation of a great work and out of the small things proceedeth that which is great. I invite you to select one or two of these five habits that you want to develop, then set some specific goals for the coming weeks, then ask your Heavenly Father for help achieving these goals. Involve your roommates and friends. Ask them, did you do your high five today? I testify that you will feel Heaven's help and that you will be blessed by your efforts. Work daily on getting your high five done. Build a lattice of faith that will help you weather the storms and resist all that Satan might throw at you. I bear my testimony that Jesus is the Christ. He is our Savior and Redeemer. Prophets of every age foretold His coming. He has come. He lives. I love Him, and I know He loves me. And you. He is anxious to envelop us in his love and help us overcome our weaknesses and sins. I know the Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ and that reading regularly from it will bless your life. I am grateful for modern prophets and the ease with which we can study their words. I bear this testimony in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen.